Well, good afternoon. Uh, my name's Gav, one of the pastors here, and it's uh, nice to be back up here after a few weeks off. Um, as Jacob mentioned, we're in a series looking at, at the Bible. And throughout this series, uh, our aim really is to do everything that we can to help you to read the Bible for yourself. That's really the aim of this whole series. Last couple of weeks, Cobb has done a great job of looking at uh, and showing us uh, what the Bible is and why we should read it, why it's reliable and true. The next three weeks, Jess and I are going to get quite practical and unpack the how, how to read the Bible for yourself. And then the last nine weeks, we'll look at this and really look at the what of the Bible and show you go through the, from the beginning to the end and show you how it's one cohesive story all pointing towards Jesus. As I said, the whole aim is to help you to read the Bible whether you know Jesus or not. But I just want to clarify that statement for a minute. We don't want to help you just to, to, to know about the Bible or to know about God or the story or just if it's a name to do this or just to name the books of the Bible. Um, as, as we just mentioned, as we just saw in this video, sorry, uh, God wrote a book and it's the Bible. And it's God's way of speaking to us, speaking to you. And it's his way of really relating to you. And it's for all people for all time. The Bible says of itself, it is living and it is active. And it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it cuts to the heart, revives the soul, gives us joy and blessed are those who meditate on it day and night for they will be like a tree planted by a stream that is strong, that will withstand anything that comes against it. The Bible is not just a book. It's the Creator's means to communicate to you and have a relationship with you right now here where you are. It's how we have a relationship with Him, the relationship you and I were created for. And I want to say it's near impossible to have a relationship with God without spending time with Him in the Bible. And so my greatest and strongest and biggest desire and passion as a pastor here at City Light is for you to know, to know and to come to know Jesus and build a relationship with Him. And this happens as you meet God in His Word. And that's really why we're doing this whole series, is to help you to understand who God is, have a relationship with Him for the rest of your days. That's what we're trying to do, and that's going to try and show some practical outworkings of that today as we look at reading the Bible prayerfully. We're going to pray for us, and then we'll jump into it. Let's talk to God together. God, we want to thank you that, firstly, you are here with us this afternoon. Uh, that you have brought us here with a message and a purpose to address our hearts and minds both individually and together as a church. I want to pray for us that we would be ready to hear from you, that we would be reminded of your love for us, your deep love for us, that you relate to us where we're at, no matter who we are, whether we know you or whether we don't. Lord, help us to put distractions out of our minds and our worries or our, our past weeks or the weeks coming ahead, that you'd be able to help us to sit still now and have, uh, and, and have ears that are ready to hear from you. I want to pray for me that you would just use me as a servant, that you would fill in your spirit for this task of speaking your word and speaking truth. So Lord, bless our time and thank you that you are here and thank you for Jesus. Amen. Well, as I just mentioned, um, <clears throat> I had a few weeks off over July uh, and uh, we, had a, we had a good time away. We actually went to uh, Hamilton Island for a week, uh, proudly sponsored and funded by my friends, the Jackfruits. Um, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, but for the other two weeks, we stayed in Sydney. So we had a week in Sydney, Hamilton Island, and a week in Sydney again. So um, to make the most of this time, I thought I'd plan a few activities to do in Sydney. 
whilst, uh, while we're here, rather than just hanging out at home, we're going to do some things. So one of those activities I planned to do with Katie was to take her to do a flying trapeze lesson. Yes, I said flying trapeze lesson. Uh, now, I, I'm, I'm about 90 to 95 kilos, right? Uh, about six foot four in height, almost six foot four. People my size aren't meant to fly or to do flying trapeze, and I've realized that now. Um, but I knew Katie was very keen on this, of being, doing the flying trapeze. And so, a loving husband, I booked it and surprised her. And then, when it comes to physical activities and sport, I'm normally pretty okay with that. I, I've played a lot of sports, I'm, I'm, norm, I'm pretty coordinated, I can do these sort of things. But this is way out of my comfort zone. This is way out of my comfort zone. Here's a photo of me beginning to do the flying trapeze. Um, so, it's rather high up there, and, uh, and it was not, not easy. Uh, you get there, and you go to St. Peter's, and it's uh, there, and uh, it's the briefest of lessons at the start, which shocked me quite quickly that I was, up that, that I was up there within five minutes of getting there, and I was still trying to work out what, what I was doing. And so they get you on the ground, and they get this, like, this sort of bar that's hanging from a rope, and they, and they sort of say, you know, can you hold on to that? Now try and get some, I'm holding like this, and they say, now get your legs up over the bar. Like, I'm six foot four, like, really? Like, and so, uh, and they said, I want you to hang by your legs over the bar and then let go and hang down and just hang by your legs. Now, I've never done that. And I've always feared that I'm going to let go and fall on my head and, you know, hit my head really hard. But eventually, uh, I, I managed to do it. I'm like, well, I can do it on the ground. Great. And they said, okay, now climb up 15, 20 meters and do it up there now while swinging through the air. And so, uh, so uh, I did it. I got up there. And I think I got it once or twice. But I honestly felt like, a giraffe on a trapeze. That's what it felt like. Legs and arms going all over the shop. I filmed, Katie filmed me of doing it, which has been deleted and just like, I'll do it with that. I don't want to ever see that thing again. And I looked like a giraffe. But, uh, but, but Katie, she was like a duck to water. Uh, she was amazing. And uh, I think she may run away with a circus and uh, do that as a job. Uh, she, uh, she did it really quickly, uh, six times she did it, and got it every time, and was, and was swinging by her legs upside down while swinging on the trapeze, and they got then another instructor to swing the other way, and eventually they, Katie got caught in the air, and then swung down and did a flip, and like, whoa, you know, I was like, wow, respect for my wife, right, this, this is pretty good. And as I said, it was, it, most things I can do with sport and activities... I couldn't do this, and it was a very humbling experience for me. I felt very humbled after this, um, and I needed a lot of help, and I couldn't really do it. And there's a guy, when you're swinging on the harness, what they do is there's a guy at the bottom, of, uh, down the bottom, pulling a rope, trying to slow you down and get you high, make you swing hard, and he was pulling so hard on the rope when I was on there, like, just get your legs up, and I'm like, I'm just trying to hold on, not fall, and it, I'm so heavy up here. That's what I felt like, and uh, I needed a lot of help. I needed a lot of help. And I could not do it alone. And there are some things in life that you need a lot of help with that you can't do it alone. Flying trapeze is one for me. But there are other things in life uh, that I think that you, you need help to get the most out of it. You can't do certain things alone. And I want to submit to you today that reading the Bible is something you cannot do alone. You can't do it alone. To get the most out of it, we need help and we need to ask for help. And we really need to ask help from God himself, the author of the Bible. We need His Holy Spirit to show and to illuminate to us great truths that are there in God's Word. If reading the Bible uh, isn't just about reading a book, it's about meeting God Himself, we need to pray and ask God to meet us and to show us what He wants to say to us and reveal truths to us by the power of His Holy Spirit. 
You know, I'm sure you've had the experience where you, you, you know, I think, okay, I'm going to read the Bible today. I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I, I hear all the time, I remember Bible. And so you sit down to read it and you read it and you get nothing out of it. You get nothing out of it. You don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to you. You get distracted as you read it. You start playing on your phone, doing other things. You may try and do the Word of God series and look on the Facebook app and you start doing Facebook rather than looking at the questions. You, may like, you get distracted. And oftentimes it's even hard to get to the Bible because you feel like, well, I tried it before, I got nothing out of it, so why should I try again? And based on our past experiences, we don't go there anymore. I don't know, most days, often I don't even feel like reading the Bible. And it's probably because I view it just as reading the Bible rather than spending time with God. And I'm not saying that every time we should read the Bible, it should be this mountaintop experience and like your face is glowing like Moses and lots sort of stuff. It shouldn't be like that all the time. But I wonder, how often do you ask God for help? How often do you ask Him to give you a heart that actually wants to meet with Him and pray that He would show you more of His Word, that He would, that he would illuminate truths to you, that He would show you wonderful things in His Word? How often do you pray and ask that? Well, here's what I want us to understand today. It's on the screen. I want you to understand that reading the Bible needs to be a supernatural activity. Reading the Bible needs to be a supernatural activity. And we need to pray and ask God for his help. And I want to show you today how to do this and why it's necessary. And the real big hope is that you leave here giving this a shot and praying and seeing what God will show you in his word, preparing you to read the Bible for yourself, to know God, to meet with him. That's the hope. I have three points I want to work through today, try and show you sort of where, it's, where we're going to go and three observations. Here they are. What is the Bible? Uh, why we need help? And I-O-U-S. Now I'm going to sort of speed through the first two and really land on the third one, I-O-U-S, to really practically show you what it might look like to ask God for help and using these sort of letters you can remind yourself how to do this. So firstly, what is the Bible? First week, Jacob, uh, we heard from Jacob that uh, he gave us a definition of what the Bible is, and he said a Bible, the Bible is a library of human and divine writings that tell a unified story that lead us to Christ. That's what it is. And during the first two weeks uh, we looked at, uh, of the series, we looked at a passage in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, which talks about Scripture, the Bible being God-breathed, or from God, or God-inspired. And really, God is the author of the Bible. It's His personal word. We also uh, read, as I mentioned, in Hebrews 4.12, which says this, that the Word of God, the Bible itself, it's, so it's from God, but it's living and active. It's, it's alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So we put these together. The Bible is God's Word, and it's alive, and it's how He has chosen to reveal Himself to us. And continues, because it's alive and active, continues to reveal himself to us even today. Even though it was written 2,000 years ago or longer, it's alive. So he's speaking to us today by it. And it's how we relate to him. It's how he's chosen to relate to us is through the Bible. And it's one of the reasons why here at City Light, every single week we open the Bible. That's why City Light is about opening God's word every single week. Because we want God to address us, God to speak to us. Not just human words or wisdom, but God himself to address us here at City Light. And as that video said before, God wrote a book. And you can meet him in this book face to face. 
your creator, the one who loves you, who knows where you're at, who knows what your heart is thinking, where your mind is at, and what you need to hear, he wrote a book for you for today and for every day to hear him and to meet with him, to have a relationship with him. There's a part of the Bible which is around this section, if you're doing your, doing your map, uh, doing your timeline, a guy called Moses. And now Moses was a prophet of God. And I love the story of Moses. He didn't think he was worthy enough, but God's going to use him. And there's, there's God and Moses have a great relationship. And there's one day where God calls Moses up this mountain to ascend the mountain. And God says, I want to speak to you, Moses, face to face. So Moses ascends the mountain. And there, which, which very rarely happens, God speaks to Moses face to face. He meets him. Can you imagine that? Speaking to God face to face. The creator who spoke the world into being. Who knows, who knows everything, seeing him and meeting with him face to face. This is Moses. What, a, what an amazing experience, meeting with God, hearing him address you, talk to you personally, telling you amazing truths about himself that warm your heart, that comfort you, that speak of his love, that reveal what he created and the purpose of life. Can you imagine that? This is what Moses did and he didn't want to leave God. And the crazy thing is, you, you, I read this story and go, wow, how, how cool would that be to meet with God face to face? crazy thing is, though, through God's Word, we can have that same experience. We can draw near to Him with confidence, come and hear Him speak to us, but we can ask Him to show more of Himself to us, to relate to us. That's the purpose of His Bible, is to, to, to reveal Himself to us, to communicate to us. We can meet with Him and do it any time, day or night, for as long as we want, have access to Him. See, I want to say to you, reading the Bible is a relational activity. It's a relational activity with your Creator. And I wonder if that's how you view the Bible. The place where you meet God, whether you know Him or not, where you can meet with your Creator face to face. Is that how you see the Bible and your time with Him in the Word? You know, I wonder what gets in the way of you reading the Bible. What do you make more important than meeting with Him? Is it, you know, yeah, is it your busy schedule or a TV show or emails or Facebook or apps or apps on your phone or whatever it is? What, what gets in the way of you meeting with a creator? Do you believe the Bible is the word of God and you can meet with him there and then in his word? I think often we don't believe that. I know I don't. Because if I did, I'd be bouncing out of, morning, out of my bed each morning just, just hanging to meet with my God face to face. I want to challenge your view of the Bible and, and show you and, and help you to see it's where you can meet your God face to face, anytime. Anyway, you're sitting there thinking, yeah, Gav, I, 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 in theory, I understand what you're saying. I can see that. But I've tried it. I've tried to read the Bible, but I didn't get much out of it. You can describe it as me with God face to face. You can say that, but that's never been my experience. And I, and I get this. I, I battle with this as well. And this is why we need help. This is my second point. This is why we need help. As I mentioned, we, we've been on holidays and um, we went to Hamilton Island for a week. And that, we went there. Was, that's an amazing place. It's like the Garden of Eden. Like that place is like, whoa, where am I? It's, it was pristine. There's no, you know, no, no pollution, no rubbish, no cars. No, oh, everyone's driving these little golf carts everywhere and waving. It's, wow, it's really cool. Never got hotter than 24, never colder than 20. You can wear shorts and t-shirt all year round. Um, you know, I put sunscreen in the morning, didn't reapply all day, and I get sunburned. I'm like, what is this place? It's just, I love this place. You know, the water's amazing, the beaches are so 
you know, the clear, the water's clear, the sand's so yellow. We went to Whitehaven Beach, taking the whitest sand in the world. I'm not, a, I'm not a travel agent here just trying to push you to go to the Hamilton Center, but you should go. Um, but it's amazing, right? While we were there, we decided to go snorkeling. And a um, bit of a risk with three young kids. Uh, we didn't know how this would go, getting masks, snorkels, and flippers on three children. And so uh, we went to a place called Chalky's Beach Small Reef. And uh, anyway, we go there, and we're standing on the beach trying to get five, like eight to five of us, five wetsuits on, snorkel, ma- a snorkel mask, and flippers. And uh, it was a disaster. It, was, it didn't go down well. Uh, two of my kids lost the plot, lost their minds, crying, sitting on the sand. We only had an hour all up, and that, like half an hour we were still getting our stuff on. I'm like, we paid for this, let's get in the water. Like, you will enjoy the fish. Like, you know, um, and uh, they're hating their masks. It didn't fit. Well, one leaked. The flippers were the wrong size. Oh, it was, it was a disaster. Anyway, one of my kids got it. One of my kids got it. They, they, I'm not going to say which one. One of them got it. They didn't lose their mind, and uh, so I just took them out, and we swam out to the reef, and it was really deep, and they were freaking out, holding my hand so tight, and uh, they'd never snorkeled before, and, but it was a cool experience because I got to guide them around and see some amazing things they'd never seen before. I could, I could see their little mind being blown as they had their mask on. They could see clearly underwater and see these cool fish everywhere. And I was just pointing out, saying, oh, fish over there, fish over there, fish. And I was like, whoa. And they were absolutely loving it. But the thing was, they needed help to see these amazing fish. They needed to be guided around. They needed to be shown what was going on, how to use their mask, how to use a snorkel, and being, and being pointed at all these amazing fish. I want to say, it's the same with us, with the Bible. We need help. We need to be guided. We need to be shown. There are treasures in the Bible, God's Word, that by ourselves, by our natural mind and thinking, we cannot see. Last week we looked at 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 2, 14, which speaks about being blind to the things of God. And we need the Holy Spirit in us to illuminate, to show us who God is. Because of our sinful hearts, we are blind if God doesn't help us. We need to be shown the things of God. We need to be helped. Psalm 119, the psalm that Jacob read for us at the beginning, is a psalm which is an extended meditation on the preciousness and the necessity of God, of the Word of God in our lives. And it's really worth reading. We read in our MC this week, and it was a really helpful thing to look at Psalm 119 and hear the psalmist speak of just how amazing the Bible is. Even though the, the psalmist who's loving it, loving the Bible, only has the first five books of the Bible. Like he is going crazy over the book of Leviticus. I'm like, it's a good book, but hey, like I'm not going to go that far. And he's loving the Bible. You know, and they're getting so excited about it. And this psalm, I think, really shows us and teaches us how to value the Word of God, how to see it and enjoy it. But we see in this psalm, the psalm, psalm 119, the psalmist needs help. Because, and he asked God for it because it's God's word. Look at some of these verses from Psalm 119, where the psalmist is praying for understanding. Uh, sentence 27, he says, Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Sentence 34, Give me understanding, that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. 73, Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me understanding, that I may learn your commandments. And there are, there are heaps more in the psalm. Uh, where the psalmist is pleading with God to help him to understand. And so he asks the author for help. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and use our minds to work out what is going on. We should use our minds to, to, to think hard. 
But a true understanding of God's word really is given to us by God. 1 Timothy uh, 2, 7 marries these two ideas really well together, together, which says this, Think over what I say. So apply your mind, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. There's two things going on. It's God who gives understanding. We need to pray and ask Him for help. We know that, our, that we can often feel our hearts grow cold and dull. We can become hard and blind to the true realities. So we need God's supernatural help to see what the Bible is truly saying and the treasures that await us. We even sing about this in that song, Come Thou Fount. So see, you know, we sing this together. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And there's this request to God. Here's my heart, God. Take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. This is our experience. Praying and asking to God, God, I need your help. Show me your, the wonder of your word. Remind me of the truths. My heart grows cold and blind, but take my heart, take my desires, God. Shape them, change them. Give me sight to what is real, because that is what my heart longs for, and that's what we're made for. We've got to ask God for help. But thirdly, I want to get quite practical and show you uh, how to do this. We've seen that the Bible is, is, is the Word of God. We relate to God. We meet with God in His Word. Secondly, we need to ask for help to see these truths that are amazing there. But thirdly, I want to try and show you just a way you might want to try and do this. So th- my third point is really quite practical. and just one way of trying to, to pray and ask God for help. And it comes in a, in a, a prayer acronym, I guess, uh, from a guy called John Piper. And it's the letters I-O-U-S, really. And each letter stands for something to pray for. So let's start with the first one, I. It stands for incline. Psalm 139.36 says, To prayer, incline my heart to you, God, not not to prideful prideful gain or any false motive. This prayer is almost a prayer before you even begin to to read. And it's a prayer that God, that you would just make me want to read your word. Lord, incline my heart to you that I may want to actually go and meet with you. Without God's supernatural help, we don't really even want to meet with him. We don't want to read the Bible. We need to ask God that he would give us a, a desire to spend time with him. That we would be like, as Peter describes it, newborn spiritual babies that are crying out for spiritual milk. That God would give us that heart. That that's what we want to meet him. I think many of us really don't have the motivation to read. We get distracted. We run to other things for comfort thinking the Bible is the last thing that's going to help us. You know, we need to ask God for help, that he would incline our hearts to him. I know some of us have a sense of duty when it comes through in the Bible, but there's no desire. We want to have that desire. So we need to ask God for a desire for his word to grow in us. We need his supernatural help. We need to pray that God would incline our heart to him and His Word. On our own, we won't have a desire to meet God. Our hearts are fickle. They are swayed. We chase after other things. Our tendency is towards fear and worry and self and self-sufficiency. We've got to ask God. God, incline my heart to you. Will you pray and regularly ask God to incline your heart to His testimonies, believing that your word, the Word is what you need? Will you believe the Word is what revives your soul? That it is sweeter than honey, giving joy to the heart? And believing that his words where you meet him. I encourage you to pray. Pray, incline my heart to you, O God, not to prideful gain or false motive. That's the I. 
I want to go to O. Incline my heart to the first one. O is this, asking God to open my eyes. Psalm 119.18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things of your law. As you read Psalm 119 again and again, you read the psalmist saying, Teach me God, teach me God, teach me God. Look at these, uh, sentence 12 from Psalm 119. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. 33, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Sentence 30, uh, 64, the earth, O Lord, is, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. The psalmist is begging God, show me, open my eyes, reveal them to me, and help me to believe it. His prayers are saying to God, uh, open the eyes of my heart and mind and show me the treasures of your word and their meaning. But help me not to know them, but to deeply believe them. We can know these things. We're asking God to let them go deep into our hearts. That's what the psalmist is praying here. Let them go deep. Um, Before we went on holidays to Hamilton Island, we'd heard from a few people that... um, there are plenty of sea turtles on the main beach at Cat's Eye Beach. And I, I was hanging to see a sea turtle. I've never seen a sea turtle before in my life, either in my family. And so that was our big thing to try and do, was see a sea turtle. And everyone was excited about it. Anyway, I was so keen to see a sea turtle. First, first second day, I'm out there by myself, <laughs> going, see you kids, I'm out there, enjoy your holiday. Uh, I went out and went snorkeling to look for a sea turtle. And... Um, and I went for half an hour, I went like right around, it took me a while to find, I get out there and about half an hour later I hadn't seen one and then on the way back in I saw three huge amazing sea turtles, it was crazy to see, they were amazing, just eating some, um, eating something or other, I was going to go and grab one and ride it but I thought I shouldn't do that, just leave it alone down there. I thought they were going to bite me, I didn't know what they were going to do, so I was a little bit scared of, anyway. Um, but I saw three cool sea turtles, anyway, go back to the beach said to my kids, hey, I saw a sea turtle. And they're like, oh, Dad, I want to see a sea turtle too. Can I come with you next time? And they're like, no way. He's kind of cried the whole time. Anyway, and uh, so eventually Katie, Katie took them to see sea turtles, tried. That didn't work out well. Crying kids, cold water, they freaked out. Anyway, no one saw sea turtles. And then eventually um, Katie went out by herself and she saw them as well. And then she told the kid, and he's like, oh, we didn't see sea turtles, you know. I want to see sea turtles. Then eventually... Last day, we packed our bags in the, in the, um, uh, on the, on the um, bus to, to go, and we went to the beach for like a couple of hours, killing some time. And I was standing on the shore, ankle deep, so was Katie, and about two and a half meters in front of us, me being the tall giraffe that I am, could see down to the water, and I could see a sea turtle, like just two meters in front of us. And it was amazing, it was right there, cut for air, and you could see its head pop out and go back in again. And uh, my kids were about ten minutes behind us, wrestling on the sand, having a great time throwing sand to his faces and doing sand angels and stuff. And uh, so I said, hey, look, come there. The sea turtles are here. They come down. They see the turtle go, oh, great. And then back up the sand again. Like, just like, like <laughs> and start wrestling doing sand, and doing snow angels again, the sand angels. I'm like, did you, did you even see the turtle? Like, we waited the whole trip. Come and see the turtle. And they're like, no, no, we're good, Dad. We've seen it. We've seen it. And I'm just thinking in my head, like, did you really see it? You know, like... Uh, do you fully understand how rare and amazing it is to see a sea turtle in front of you? And I don't think they really got the amazement and the wonder of how cool it was to see an animal in its natural habitat. Kate and I just stood there for half an hour just looking at it going, whoa, this is, we're getting photos, and we're just, it was like pointing everyone else, hey, come to the sea turtle, I was just here, you know, and having a great time and seeing how good it was. My kids just didn't see the, how amazing and beautiful it was. You know, I think it's often the same when it comes to the Bible and meeting with God. We can say, yeah, 
I've read the Bible. Yeah, I know the Bible. I've tried the Bible. I've seen it. But really, I don't think we have. So we need to pray that God may open our eyes to his wonder that is in the word. Ask by his spirit to open the eyes of our heart and to see what truths await there for us. And we need to pray as we read that God may open the eyes of our heart to show us the meaning of the passage. I'm sure you've read the Bible before where you're reading going, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand what's going on here. Oh, well, close up. Dear God, thanks so much for the Bible. And away you go. I think we need to, when we open the Bible, it's God's word. And we understand. We need to pray and ask. God, show me what you mean here. Help me to understand. You're the author. Show me. And wait and pray and wait and pray. The famous preacher, probably one of the greatest preachers of, of the last 500 years, Charles Spurgeon, put it this way. He says this. Let me suggest to you, dear brother, that when you have studied the scripture anxiously and carefully and sought at the opinions and judgments of good, gracious men who were taught of God, that, should, that you should never forget to add to all this the prayer, Help, Lord, help, Lord. There is more got out of the Bible by praying than anything else. When a certain Puritan, that's a great uh, a Christian leader of church history many years ago, called the Puritans, when a certain Puritan had a dispute upon matters of doctrine with another, he was observed to speak fluently and with great power. While his opponent spoke, he was, observed taking note, he was observed taking notes. And one desired to see his notes. And what do you think they were? They were just these words, more light, more light, more light, Lord. This is the best way of taking notes. A cry for more light of God. And all of a sudden, the very text of Scripture, which seemed as hard as a flint, will fly open by the touch of the Holy Spirit's finger when you have said in prayer, Help, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart that I may behold wondrous things of your Lord, of your law. I, oh, let's go to you, the next letter. You is for, unite my heart to fear your name, Psalm 86, 11. It's a prayer that God would give you an undivided heart as you meet with him, as you read the Bible. I don't know about you, but I often feel like I have a divided heart. I often feel like the part of my heart is cleaving to God and saying, God, I'm with you, I'm for you, I'm a child of you. The other parts of me, which are my desires, my fears, my anxieties, my worries, my unbelief, thinking, what's better for me than, I'm sure there's a, there's a better way than this. And this competes with God, and there are, there are loggerheads. And, it's, and it's, our hearts are divided, and this battle rages on inside, and I think it's the experience of the Christian life. And it will be our experience till we meet Jesus face to face, and this battle rages on inside us. And we must fight daily in God's strength to have our hearts set upon Him. We've got to remember who we are. We are dead to sin. We are children of God. We've been purchased through the blood of Christ. We're alive to God. We need to live as free people, free children of God. He has taken our heart and sealed it. This is why we need to pray and ask God that, we would, that He would unite our hearts, and especially as we come to meet Him in His Word. Pray that we would love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That we would love Him above all things. This is hard to do with a divided heart. So, Lord, we want to pray. We need to pray to God that he would uh, unite our hearts to him, that we would fear his name. That's the you of unite. Lastly and finally, S-I-O-U-S, satisfy. We need to pray that God would satisfy, satisfy us with his steadfast love, as it says in Psalm 90, verse 4. We need to read the Bible. When we read the Bible to know God, not just to know about him, but to meet with him face to face. 
relationally. As we meet with God, He will supernaturally show us who He is to produce in us a worship and a praise. And for this all to happen, as I said, as we meet God through His Word, He needs to satisfy us. Satisfy us with His love. And be regularly reminded of His love that does satisfy us. I love when you read the Psalms. The Psalmists are praying again and again for God to satisfy them. And you think, why are they doing that? Why are they praying that again and again and so regularly? Well, it's because they're like us. They're prone to chase after other things. We're prone to chase after other things. We forget His love. We forget how much it satisfies us. And like us, their hearts are prone to wander, prone to be divided. And we need God to intervene, to show us, to remind us of His worth, of His love, of His supremacy over all things every single day. And that's why the psalmist prayed this prayer, because yesterday's love has not sufficed for today. So we need His mercies new each morning, which God graciously provides for us. Lamentations 3.23, one of my favorite passages in the Scriptures, it says, The Lord's mercies are anew each morning. I love that every day, reminding me of his mercies. They're a new each day, almost a fresh each day. Asking God, remind me of your mercies again, because I need to be satisfied in you. We need his fresh grace and love every day, revealing his worth and his beauty to us. And really, this is why we read the Bible, to remind us of this truth, that we would be satisfied in him as we meet with him and he tells us these things. I owe U.S. Incline, uh, open the eyes, unite and satisfy. A helpful prayer to think through. I've been praying this for the last week or so. It's been helpful as I read the Bible. Just a way to prayerfully go through the Word, to meet with God, to remind ourselves, get your heart right before you spend time with Him. As we heard before, God wrote a book and we need His help to see it. In His book, we meet with Him. We understand who He is and we see who we are. And this book is all about Him. I want to say that as I said before, reading the Bible is a supernatural activity. And we need God's help to see Him, to meet with Him. And the, the letters I-O-U-S is just one way that we can ask God to incline our heart, open the eye, our eyes, unite our heart, and satisfy our soul with His love. I, I want to encourage you to give it a go. Give it a try. I know that many of us here find Bible reading hard. Why not ask the author of the Bible to help us to meet with Him? Let me pray. Father, I want to thank you that you, you aren't silent. You haven't set the world in motion and stepped back. But you have come near in Christ. You come near to us now by the Spirit. And we just want to pray and ask that you would meet us again and again. Thank you that your mercies are on you each morning. Uh, Lord, we, we are prone, uh, our heart are prone to prone to wander, we, we, we know that, we, we feel it's our experience, our hearts are often feel divided, we, we cling to other things apart from you, Lord forgive us and just change us, help us to have a renewed love and vision of your word, the Bible, and know that we can meet you in it every day, help us to make it a priority, knowing that's what our souls long for, knowing it's where joy is found. We often cling to other things for satisfaction, for hope, for meaning, for refuge. Lord, just by your Spirit, help us to run to you first. 
Give us a heart that clings to you. Thank you that you are so patient with us, patient with me, and that you show us grace upon grace upon grace. Thank you so much for your word. Amen.